in three, two, one. Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by BetSperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. This is our traditional Wednesday before the Pro Bowl, where we break down and handicap every aspect of the big game that is the Pro Bowl. Uh, not a lot of takes this year. So let's do something different. <laughs> How's that sound? There is no Pro Bowl. The we don't need enough to be a puppy bowl, man. It's a it's a what? goofy year. Is it really? I'm sure, I'm sure they'll, they'll, they'll be a puppy bowl. No one told oh, me about. They'll this. have it. I don't know if dogs can get it, man. I've just seen I Am Legend, and that dog got the fo- zombie shit. So, dude, I saw props. The yeah, puppy bowl. There, there will it be. probably already happened, actually. Hell or, hell or high water. Yeah, no kidding. It was taped weeks ago. <laughs> if we're spoiling any, yeah. If don't let the kids stream this. We're giving away. We're telling Santa isn't real, and and the puppy bowls pre Wow! Spoiler alert. My yeah, God. Spoilers, guys. Um. All right. This is an adult podcast. I'm sure we're only reaching adults. Uh. In seriousness, today is a fun episode. Kids I love. I look problems. forward to this one every year. We do the same sort of thing every year. Um, in the next week, there is going to be so much talk about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to make your ears bleed. It's going to make you nauseous. There's going to be a lot of talk about those two teams. And so rather than get into those two teams, we are going to talk about the other 30 teams today. Do a little brief autopsy on their 2020, a little brief look ahead to the year 2021 and what it offers uh, and uh, just sort of, you know, a buy or sell heading into the offseason on some of these teams uh, and, you know, a little bit of armchair amateur GMing in terms of what would you do if you were the Houston Texans and you had no draft capital and your and your all pro quarterback wanted to get off of your roster. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll do a little bit of armchair quarterback. Pray for rain. Oh, excuse me, a little armchair GMing. And the way we're going to do this format-wise, just so you know, and you can check the show notes here and jump around if you just want to hear our takes on specific teams, because we are going to do our goddamnedest to get the time intervals correctly in terms of when we jump from team to team. Um, but uh, we're going to go down in Did finishing you share order. a sheet with me? I didn't, no, but I will share one with you. But we're going to go down in finishing order, uh, and which would be the order uh, if uh, each team had its draft pick this year if so, yeah if laramie tunsil jalen ramsey and ja adams weren't traded i believe those are the three trades that that are, those are based on so um yeah we'll, we'll hit teams no, in the laramie, where they, was laramie tunsil that the texans to miami was the texans to miami i thought that was like goodness. i thought they gave up their first mm-hmm. round for the next year wasn't it that's a Larry. That's that is a Laramie Tunsil. Wow. So not only wow, yeah, wow, like, wow, 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 wow. And we'll, we'll get to that. Obviously, huge coup for Miami for that Houston had such a good performance from a quarterback and such a shitty coach, GM, and the rest of the team. And it all came together like that. So, wow. Like Miami, <laughs> Miami gets, gets to draft in the top five again, even after being in the mix for the playoffs. 
uh, up until the last week there. So I like it. All right. And yeah, of course, if you're watching us live on live on YouTube, if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel so you can interact with us live, there's a whole huge, awesome chat of people who we get regular comments from that also always provide you know a little bit of context, a little bit of insight. I learn something reading the chat every time. So we appreciate you guys. Every time. If you have questions, if you have comments, by all means, just you know, drop them in. Uh, we will read them and flash them on there unless they're from people who we've met in Vegas who have thrown up in Ubers. In that case, we will not uh, be reading those comments on air. If you've ever tried to fight an, an ex-Coast Guardman just because you got <laughs> too drunk, if you've ever had a really bad goatee. You can comment all you like, but we're not going to read them on Yeah, there. comment all, right. all you want. All right, let's get serious. Let's get serious here. Um, all right, let's start, let's start up right off the top. Who we got? Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jacksonville Jaguars managed to win their first game this season and then lose 15 consecutively. At times, they were feisty. They covered some spreads. Doug Marone looked like he was getting some fight out of these guys, but ultimately, they fired their GM. They fired their coach. It is a clean house. Shad Khan now has established the next regime. It is the Urban Meyer regime. He is back in North Florida uh, famously former Florida Gators head coach and the Tim Tebow, Aaron Hernandez era. Um, and it is going to be quite a rebuild because there are a lot of holes on this roster. They have the number one overall pick. They've got, they, they scooped it from the jets. Thanks to the jets winning a couple of late games in the season. Presumably this is the Trevor Lawrence pick. Um, I'm not like overflowing with, enthusiasm or confidence that trevor lawrence is going to be this franchise changing pro he may be um but there are you know there's a lot of moving parts in developing a quarterback to being the guy and the future of your franchise he obviously has the tools he's got kind of the mobility that you want in sort of today's nfl you know for for today's nfl as far as quarterback skill set goes his arms live clemson was obviously a winning program but I don't know. This is this is he he didn't take meaningful steps forward in his last couple of years at Clemson after winning his national title his first year. Jags Jags outside of the quarterback position have a lot of holes. Um, they really only have kind of a meaningful. They they have a, they have an okay running back, I guess. They have, they have kind of an okay fantasy team, I guess. They, I mean, they they have a pretty decent running back, all things considered. From they were playing from behind all year. And yes. the kid still had more rushing yards than any non, you know, undrafted rookie ever. Like he was, he was decent. Um, again, the, the last time, seriously, the last time a coach came from college and worked out in the NFL, he had Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, the offensive line from hell, and uh, Irvin, the Moose. I mean, it just wasn't going to not work out with what Jerry Jones put together. I mean, it's been like 30, 20, that's 25 years ago. That's the last time that worked out. And even then he just couldn't put up with Jerry that long. Even gave Switzer a bonus one. So, I mean, all these college coaches coming up, it just never seems to work out. I'm not going to just throw water on it and say it won't. I'm going to throw water on it and say it won't because they hired Daryl Bevel. Sure. And I mean, and, and, you, and no quarterback is ever a slam dunk guarantee, even somebody as good as T-Law. So I'm, I'm interested to see how the, you know, getting a quarterback's coach in there that can work with him. And, you know, he has a couple decent receivers, but I, I don't want this to be Joe Burrow part two. Yeah. Um, 
Let's answer Ross Burns' question here. Where will the book set a season win total for an Urban Trevor Jags? Okay, so the Jaguars don't have a ton of draft capital outside of the number of 1.1, which means they're really not going to be able to address a lot of their defensive problems, which is really where the issue starts and ends with this team. Uh, the Jags have a bottom five defense pretty clearly heading into 2021, regardless of what they do in free agency in the draft, in my opinion. And that puts their ceiling around four wins. So I think you're probably going to see four, four and a half, uh, depending. And I, I, this is just my they have, a, they have a second first round pick. I, I guess here's here's the question. Am I on the cold side on the Jags? Like, is the market a little excited about Urban Meyer in the NFL? Are they a little excited about Trevor Lawrence? Am I the cold cold side here? Or is is or do you think that four and a half is, is fair? Four and a half, five. The roster just isn't there. It depends. You know, it depends if they make some free agent moves, but they do have another first round pick that they got from the Rams. So they will be drafting 25th as well, I think, somewhere down there. 20, 20th, yeah, 25th. Uh, you know, you could trade back for somebody looking to get back into the first round and get some capital out of that. I'm not super warm on them, though. So four and a half, five, that's kind of where we're going to be. Okay. They'll be. They'll be one of the lower ones on the board. Okay. Uh, why don't we move on to your New York Jets, New York football Jets. New York Jets, God, in, in, the guy the guy just looks New York, doesn't he? He looks like a hard-ass firefighter from the Bronx. He does. Like, He's I, got Firefighter he just, Ed kind of kind of. He does kind of look like Firefighter yeah. Ed, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a hire I liked because I bet on it. I was pretty happy about that, that it came through. I didn't even get the best number, but it was a prop that sat there for a month. So Robert Sala coming over from the Niners, bringing with Mike LaFleur, who's Baker little brother for from other LaFleur. Probably uh, little. little brother. Yeah. Little brother. But he was the passing game coordinator. He brought him over to run the offense. And the D.C. under Raheem Morris from Atlanta. So the guy, I hadn't really heard of this guy, Jeff Albrich, Albrich. He uh, he was who stepped into the D.C. shoes when, when Morris took over as interim head coach in Atlanta. So a lot to replace down in Atlanta, which they, they already did. We'll get to them. Whole new coaching staff. I, I'm i still out on the roster. I'm not fully out on uh, my guy Darnold just because of what, you know, what we've seen from Gase teams after he leaves. Maybe they can turn it around, but still a really rough roster. I do like uh, similar, you know, similar to the Jags. They have a couple decent receivers I don't hate. I'm not sure. What's going to become, you know, Darnold might be a complete flame-out bust, but he could be turned around with the proper coaching. Again, you get a good coach, a good quarterback's coach, a good OC in there, somebody with some ideas on how to not jam a square peg in a round hole and use him to his ability like we've seen with some of the, you know, the the we always brag on everybody besides the Ravens for just, oh, we, we're going to make it how we've always played. Like, no, it's play to his strengths. So hopefully somebody can get something out of Darnold the Jets probably are still like a five, five and a half win you know, yeah. season win total. They still have a, a decent, like, you know, Miami's on the Ascension. Buffalo's good. If the Patriots put a quarterback on that team, they still have a good coaching staff. It's still not a, an easy division, but uh, they do much like Jacksonville. They have the Jamal Adams pick, which is the 23rd since Seattle made the playoffs and lost right away. But uh, Seattle loses their 23rd overall pick, so the Jets will draft two times in the first round unless they trade out. And I don't know what they want to do with this. I would probably just get a lineman. 
Well, see, this is where we disagree. So, I first of all, I think the Jets, after the Texans, I think the Jets... Well, I think you can trade back and get a lineman. You sure you can. Yeah, that that's fine. Uh, but I think the Jets had the second most disastrous season after the Texans. And yeah. the reason I say that is they need a quarterback of the franchise cornerstone of the future. In my opinion, Sam Darnold is not that guy. He has never elevated anyone else on this roster to a level where they, you know, he has shown the ability to, uh, you know, to make better players out of the young players you are going to put around him. Um, you failed by keeping Adam Gase around just long enough that he won a couple of games and got you out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. You kept Adam Gase around just long enough that you don't really know if Darnold was the problem or Gase was the problem. Like you didn't do, you didn't make the right moves in decision in season to make the right decisions off season. Like you handicapped yourself. And yes, the Robert Sala hire looks good. Like that looks like, looks like he, that's the, if you're going to hire a defensive coach, that's what you do. You get a guy that the t that your players want to play for, like the Brian Floreses of the world. Robert Sala is exactly in that mold. He's a youngish guy. He's got the intensity. He's going to get the locker room fired up. You have a couple of cornerstones, you know, on defense. Of course, they help you stop the run, which isn't exactly going to help you win games in the NFL. But nonetheless, against, um, especially against the Bills, since they have especially against, start, they, they start games against by not running thirty. Yeah, times at least they don't have to play the Bills twice and usually week yeah. one of the NFL season. But regardless, the um, yeah, the Jets are in a terrible spot. The rebuild is going to take a longer time. And if they decide to stick with Darnold and see if he's got it for another year, I, I think the team around him is going to be talented enough that they're going to win five, six games and they're going to be, you know, a third or fourth team trying to draft a quarterback next year. So they, they really are not in a good position going forward. And I think you have to use this time now to draft a quarterback. I don't think you can afford to trade down, even though you can get a ton of equity for that pick. Of course you can. Um, and, you know, even though you it would it would be great to put Penny, Penny Sewell and and Mekhi Becton out there for a generation and have a great, uh, you know, great uh, quarterback protection thing. But here's the thing, like Sam Darnold wasn't really limited because he was under duress all the time. It really, you know, like you get the Dallas Cowboys offensive line next year for the Jets. Is, is Sam Darnold all of a sudden going to take an enormous step forward in terms of his ability to make plays? I don't think so. I just don't see him having the physical tools. He doesn't have the ability to stay healthy either on top of just the ability to make plays and elevate players. So I'm out on Sam Darnold. I'm done. I've, I've seen enough. The, the I'm jury, not in or out the jury is in for me. Um, okay. I'm just, well, I've been so bad at identifying quarterbacks through the years, especially young ones. I'm just done. Like I want to, I want to see them, but I don't care. I don't care what the jets do here. I don't mind them moving on and taking, go grab the BYU kid or trade down, take somebody else. Like if they take a quarterback, I don't fault them at all because it is, absolutely not. it's, it's, yeah. it's the most, it's obviously the most important piece. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's rumors. They, they have interest in, in wide receiver Smith, the Heisman trophy winner from Alabama. Um, I mean, if you think, if you think that the problem with Donald is that he didn't have enough pieces around him, you're deluding yourself. You're deluding yourself. Um, he, the pieces that were around him helped him not, not, not fall on his face, uh, consistently over the course of his tenure here. Um, so anyway, biggest, biggest, uh, we'll, we'll move down to number three here. Oh, this one, this just hurts my heart. This biggest, uh, biggest underachievers, worst season, worst <laughs> yeah. year, worst 20, you know, I guess I take it back. A lot of people had pretty terrible 2020s. People lost loved ones. 
people, uh, you know, people, people were financially hardshipped. Um, people were, you know, went through mental, tough mental times. The Texans are right at the top of that list because they had a coach and GM and Bill O'Brien who legitimately set this quarterback, this franchise back about 10 years. And they don't have the ownership that is strong enough to really rectify this in the short term, medium term or long term. And in fact, the owner made specific, critically poor decisions in the in the immediate aftermath of the season that put so much tension between his franchise and their fr- and their most important player, maybe fifth most important player in the entire NFL. Uh, they put so much tension on him that he has demanded he wants out of town. Where do we go from here to pick up the pieces for the Houston Texans? Only team left without a head coach, even though they were the first team to fire their coach. <laughs> They've had the longest time, and and to to be fair, some of their some of the candidates they were looking at made some deep runs in the playoffs. Some of them are still coaching, um, but yes, the the tension between the front office and Deshaun Watson has been palpable, even just through his social media. It's rough. You can't have that. You don't. You're not going to have success first off without draft capital, which they don't have. They've pissed that all away. They've made bad trades. They've lost. They've lost some bad, you know, and somebody just said Dan Campbell's off the board, and that makes it tougher. <laughs> for them. That does make it tougher for them. But the, the, where they are cap wise, where they are talent wise, where they are draft capital wise, where they are from a management standpoint, and the fact that they don't have a coaching staff yet, and we're almost to February, this is this is um, an enormous dumpster fire that probably can only be fixed. Like it, I hate to say, like you should trade one of the best quarterbacks in the league possibly, but uh, you might just, you'd just be wasting his career. Why you, you don't, you don't have, like you said, short term and medium term, you don't have the draft capital or, or the ability right now to leverage any deals to put the pieces around him to be a successful team. You'd just be wasting five more years. And he's, he's disgruntled with you at this point. You're going to screw up the coaching hire. I've said this to somebody where he wants the enemy and it, it feels like it's like the, the parent that fucks up and buys their kid, you know, like the knockoff of the thing they really, really wanted. And they're just going to like, they're like, oh, and there's just a bunch of old, out of touch management guys that are said like, well, I, I can just see them they're like, oh, we'll hire just, we'll just hire an African-American and that'll make him happy. And they're just going to hire any black coach and think that's going to work. And it's like, no, I think he specifically has some, you know, some times where he'd like to see the enemy come in and, if they if they hire like a Leslie Frazier or anyone defensive minded or or you know so I don't even mind Leslie Frazier I don't think it'd be the best hire but I think that's where they're gonna head but if they screw up this coaching hire too on top of everything we just said and then further piss off Watson like it just just start over man just you know you're not in the strongest position to negotiate because everybody knows he wants out but they know they're there will be multiple bidders. There will be multiple parties interested in making a big godfather deal for this sort of thing because it's so hard to come up with that one piece. We just said that, how important it was for the Jets. So I think they gain a little leverage because it's not just going to be one or two teams coming after Watson. It's going to be a handful. They can leverage those offers against each other. They can get a shitload of draft capital, and they can try to start over here. I don't know if it'll work, but that's what I would do. Presumably the Miami Dolphins who have the th- their, their third pick and the Jets who have the second pick. These are both teams that have two first-rounders this year. Yeah. Does the two and the 23 
or the three and the what's the uh dolphins three and the 18 the three and the 18 or the two and the 23 do either of those move plus some other considerations maybe the two gets thrown in maybe darnold gets thrown in like like do do you see a package with either of these teams where the texans get back into the top three this year and start the rebuild now You'd have to kind of think about three and eighteen. That's a lot. If you throw in a couple more second rounders or something next year, and not yeah. only that, but Miami not only has the three and the eighteen, but they have a bunch of other draft capital. They have a sure. big old war chest. They could throw in like here's Tua, try him out. He's still got a lot of you know, still got a lot of tread on his tires. If you threw in Tua, two first rounds and some other stuff, I'd have to definitely think about that if I was running the Texans. That's a that's a big haul. And you could, and it, and again, it would be, I, I do want this to happen exactly how I just laid it out because nothing would be funnier than paying them with their own pick. <laughs> that would be, that would be so, great, great. It would be so great. Paying, paying them with their own money. So, It'd be so great. yeah, you'd have, you'd have to think about that. But I mean, some of the deals that people have thrown out there, like, oh, the Vikings, will, you know, the, the 16th plus Kirk Cousins and a third. I'm like, what are you high? <laughs> like, this just isn't happening. You got, you, it has to be a pretty big damn deal. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah the okay. Jet, Jets, Dolphins, there's a few other ones. But if, I mean, if, it, Watson moves, if Watson moves, that's the most important piece on the chessboard for the entire complexion of the 2021 season. Do you agree? Yes, and it, I mean, it got interesting with the Stafford news. It got interesting with some of these quarterbacks that maybe weren't high-end prospects at the beginning of the year. I'm thinking, yeah. guy from, you know, guy from BYU set himself apart. Um, you know, Trask didn't do himself any favors going out there and playing a little hurt, but he's still, you know, a, a higher-end prospect. That, and nobody, yeah. nobody really flamed out. There's, there's a decent quarterback class coming around. Plus, you've got two quarterbacks that don't want to play for their team that have you know, pretty decent. Yeah, of course there's, there's options. Okay. So here's the thing. So it's an interesting market. Put me on record. I want the, I, if I'm the Texans, I'm, I move Watson. I move him. I take 80 cents on the dollar. I take whatever I can get. even if it's only 60 cents on the dollar in all reality, because number one, I, you know, if you're the, if you're the, if you're the, uh, brain trust there, hire your coach, whoever you want, hire him. Go, go get your guy. Don't be beholden to your, you know, your quarterback and your hiring decision. Just go get whoever the hell you want. It doesn't matter. Uh, start over, start from scratch. You know, go build your team from scratch. Get the assets to do it. Because the alternative is you have an unhappy Watson here for the next five to ten years. He, you, he goes through two or three more coaches and get, and is miserable. And you never have enough pieces around him to meaningfully compete for a championship. And you waste his entire career here going eight and eight every freaking season. This seems like a very logical, like outcome for the next, you know, f- you know, at least short and medium term. If you're the Texans, if you keep Watson, and I just, as a football fan, I don't want that. I want him on a competitive team. I want him competing against the best in the NFL in the playoffs. I want to see more, more Watson. Yeah, and and fair enough. Why would he? Yeah, yeah. From the chat, why would the enemy want to go there? Then you could take up the enemy's name and put a bunch of people. Like, it's it's awful tough to turn down a. You know, let's say it's someone who's in a spot like Joe Judge was last year, special teams guy on a good team, but somebody gives you the opportunity to be a head coaching, a head coach somewhere in the NFL. You can't say no. Like you're jumping three spots from somewhere. Like if they, if they find someone, you know, it's not like they won't fill this spot. That's ludicrous. But, you know, there's a lot of guys who are kind of in the conversation getting interviews that are probably thinking, you know, I'll get interviews next year. Do I really want to spend the next few few years dealing with this Houston mess? So, 
Um, I'm very, very interested to see who they do to who they end up uh, landing on down there. But uh, it's yeah, obviously super big mess. Mm, okay. Well, I, from my opinion, at least it's straightforward what they should do. But so, which means they probably were going to make the wrong decision. Um, you want to you want to frame uh, one of the more complex yeah, future one of the murkier this one's really tough so i mean the you know the jags were more of a we didn't think he was long for the world but gase and our guy down in atlanta for years it was like two it was like a two-year firing like when when were we gonna get a coaching change in atlanta and lo and behold, it was midseason. We saw some fire out of Morris. We thought maybe they stick with the interim. It's been a while since people did that. They ended up going with Artie Smith, who had the least exciting hype video out on Twitter when he's just like him in a room. Hey, Atlanta, let's uh, go. I'm real excited to be here. He <laughs> looks like pink, a big, and it's funny. It's uh, almost a running gag when we, couple years ago we were like we don't even know who this guy is couldn't pick him out of line now he's a head coach and you know they did have a lot of success on offense and they got a lot of good players down there in tennessee but uh the the scary part about the rest of the hiring like it is an unknown quantity there's some people that are kind of low on art smith you have an older quarterback you have a one of your stud receivers getting old and they dug into the Bears system to find yourself an offensive coordinator in a guy I haven't heard of. And then they brought Dean Pease out of retirement for the second time. So I'm I'm not excited about this coaching staff. No. I'm not excited about this team going forward. I no. like I like Matt Ryan. He's great. So like he he threw some bad picks, but he's always done that. What's and their most glaring hole in the roster in your opinion? It just seems like the defense is never quite there. They have a bunch of good pieces, but it's never a, a good defense. The the most glaring hole might just be a little bit of everything. They don't have a bad spot on the roster. They're just, they're not good anywhere. (laughs) I mean, just what, take the opposite of that. What's the, what's the highlight of their roster? Wide receiver, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Well, and and tight end. Let's just say receivers in general. They have a decent receiving core. They went with Todd Gurley at running back. They have a very old quarterback. The offensive line is just okay. The defense is just okay. So it's not, it's not like they, they have a lot to turn around. They just need to add some good pieces everywhere. <clears throat> Make sure you keep the depth. And then, it, you know, it feels like a year or two, this could be a good team. But then in a year or two, Matt Ryan's like. His arm's falling off, yeah. He's ancient. So I don't like where this team's at. His arm fell off big time this year. Yeah. I mean, I don't really understand what you know how he devolved from what we saw under Kyle Shanahan to what we saw under Sarkeesian to what we saw under Cutter, but it was a pretty egregious, uh, you know, sort of um, decay in terms of his ability to perform, especially against good teams. And I don't know, are the Falcons ever going to be in the top five of the draft any other year in the next five years? Is this your chance well, to get the next quarterback? I this think is this it. is your shot. Yeah. So do you get the guy? Do you do the Aaron Rodgers Jordan Love thing and say, you know, hey, we've we we're gonna scout quarterbacks this year and we're gonna pick one, goddammit. It'll be it'll yeah, see, I don't know how Artie Blank feels about that sort of thing and how much you know autonomy he gives to the coaching staff, to the the management. So new GM, uh, Nick Cesario got fired. Yeah, Who's the GM? Yeah, new, new GM because we lost Dimitrov. 
So I, oh, yeah. we don't know much. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we don't know much about the GM really as far as drafting record here. So I, I would go quarterback, but we'll yet to see. And yeah, we'll do plenty. Of, we'll do a draft podcast, of course, once we get into it. But I would think. I mean, you're right. They're they're going to be. I bet they're better next year, which yeah. isn't not good. They're in like the Bears situation where it's like, oh, they're going to win seven games next year and draft in the middle of the pack again like this might be your shot to get a good quarterback so they picked off uh, terry fontenot who was a lifer with the new orleans saints he had been the saints from 2003 yeah. as a scout all the way up through assistant general manager vice president of pro personnel so he has a great resume um and the saints and have been able to I, the saints have been able to identify and evaluate draft prospects very very effectively so there is probably some likelihood that Atlanta Falcons hit the draft the next couple of years and they get some youth injection. Um, I guess. If and that's you're where, not, again, I'd want a quarterback to surround that with. Do you, and honestly, like if you're going to ask me what's their number one weakness, they need like an elite pass rush and there's not one in this class. There's no chase young here. You're not going to happen to the best defensive player could fall in your lap at number four, but he's not a guy that you especially need. Right. So it's kind of maybe maybe if if it goes, you know, I mean, if 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 uh, if the best wide receiver in the draft is available there, you know, let's say Miami takes another, you know, my, let's I don't know what Miami's going to do with it. Yeah, I don't want to do too much draft but, speculation. Yeah, I, I haven't read any mocks. Okay, okay, all right, yeah, and I mean, realistically, we don't. And you know, the mocks the, the entire, yeah, the entire anyway. draft. You know, whatever mock you do, you could probably crumple it up and throw it out, depending on what the Jets do it too. So, <laughs> who the hell yeah, knows? Yeah, the, the, um, the, the, there'll probably be a trade in the top five that screws it all up, and yeah, who knows? We've got we've got Senior Bowl, we've got the Combine, we've got the you know. Do you consider? I guess in the in the same vein that quarterback carousel is a theme for this offseason, Do you try to make a deal for? Matt Ryan and get some equity back. Is he a tradable asset? No, I don't think. So. Like, you don't think anyone wants Matt Ryan? If maybe like Pittsburgh, if they what if, if uh, they, what if the Colts give the it has, the to, yeah, it has to be Lions, somebody who's close. give the Detroit Lions a Godfather offer for Matt Stafford, and now San Francisco is sitting here pouting like, yeah. God damn it, we wanted Stafford. I mean, do it you get the phone, pick up the phone, close. and call San Francisco and offer them Matt Ryan for whatever they're willing to give up if they are yeah. left on the altar on the Stafford? And that's the thing with Matt Ryan and where you sit as a franchise. Maybe he is movable because you can really take whatever. Like you anything can. you're getting, anything you're getting is better than just trotting him out there one more year, going seven and nine in that tough division. Yeah. And like, if you draft them. a rookie quarterback who's ready to play and you have the weapons they have in the passing game on this team, he's going to look good right yeah. away. I think, you know, you can, you, and you're in a division where the Saints are going to literally have to blow it up. And start from scratch because of the salary gap issues. And Tampa Bay is 44 next year. The Carolina Panthers aren't going to have an answer for their quarterback for another year, at least. Maybe. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know what they're doing at quarterback like that. That's the wild card in this division. I'm getting Carolina, pretty aggressive trying to move Matt Ryan. If I'm Terry Fontenot, personally, if Carolina gets their shit together at quarterback, this is a really tough division. It's already a, a tough division, so. Yeah, that. Right. Uh, well, let's that move on to the Bengals. Let's move the on to Bengals. the Bengals. The Bengals. You take it away. So, uh, in absolutely classic Bengals fashion, they win the Joe Burrow lottery last year. Promptly put him behind the worst offensive line in football. 
promptly ask him to throw the ball 60, 60 dropbacks a game until his ACL blows. It was so fucking predictable, and it sucks so much that that happened. And now it is going to be a year of making excuses for him if he doesn't look good because he's just coming off ACL. And they probably get the best. Maybe they get a generational offensive lineman that falls in their lap with the five pick, and you can protect him more effectively. But the holes, it's more than just one guy. You need more than one guy here. You need to invest significantly in upgrading your offensive line. But the problem is you look across the guys they're starting, it's a lot of first-round capital. And I don't think, you know, they're paying these guys legit money on rookie contracts. I don't know if they're moving on anytime soon with a lot of these guys across this offensive line, which means it's going to be another year of Joe Burrow with a repaired ACL running, running for his life. Yeah. And it sucks. And on top of that, like if they had that part figured out, this would be a fun team to back and bet because the defense came on a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, you know, some of the players on offense are exciting. The T Higgins and the Boyds of the world are exciting. Uh, AJ Green is an asset with some value, although does he become a free agent this year? I can't remember exactly. He, yeah, they have like four decent, decently important free agents coming up this offseason. And AJ Green and Carl Lawson are the two biggest of the two. So did they deal Carl Lawson? So what's oh, that? No. They dealt That's Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap. Carl, Dun, they dealt Dunlap, yeah. 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 Close. I mean, the closest. Carl. Carlos. Carl, Carl yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had me thinking for a second there. <laughs> but no, Carl Lawson is a free agent. AJ Green is a free agent who, boy, I bet he wishes he was a free agent a year or two sooner because he did not do anything to build up what he is, what he is worth right now. So he might just come back on a cheaper deal because he doesn't have a lot of value in the market. But uh, they... Yeah, they need to figure out their free agency. They need an offensive line. They need a lot. I mean, this roster is pretty weak in a lot of spots, too. Burrow looks like he's going to work out if they can keep him protected. They have a couple of nice receivers. They have a couple of nice backs. But, yeah, they just need to not only draft, but probably free agent some something to help the offensive line yeah. or a blocking tight end or, I don't know, anything to keep him healthy. Yeah. Is Zach Taylor the worst, uh, the worst coach that retained his job this year? Has he shown us anything? Um, yeah, Has he shown I'm, I'm, anything? Yeah, I'd say it's it's between him and Denver. Fangio, yeah. Okay. Yeah, him and Fangio are both like borderline. You should maybe think about firing him this season. Okay. Well, lame duck coach is never something that I want to get. No, lame duck coach with a quarterback coming mm-hmm. off ACL. It's it's another looks like another in uh, a division rugby. with in a division in with Northern double Kentucky. digit win teams above you. Three of them, <laughs> three, three double them. digit win teams above you. Not great, Bob. All right, uh, what do you think of uh, a team that is in an eminently winnable division with a very high draft pick? Nick Sirianni is interesting because of the whole. Frank Reich leaves. This is a Frank Reich disciple coming back now. Frank Reich might have been the architect behind the run when they won the Super Bowl. So Philly is is a talented roster who's had terrible injury luck for like two consecutive seasons. So naturally they bring in the somebody from the Chargers too in uh, the Chargers offensive coordinator because they cleaned house out there. So Shane Steichen, I think is how it said. He's the LAOC. And then they uh, another guy from Indy they brought over to run the defense. But interesting get, and this was just earlier today, 
they stole the offensive coordinator from the Florida Gators to bring in as a quarterback coach. Okay. The uh, the fellow who ran the offense down there for Trask Pitts, Tony, yep. the rest of the gang. It was yep. a very fun offense. So um, I think that was Helped something they needed. Yeah, you, you needed. State. Yeah. Yeah. You needed to make something happen, not only at OC, but you needed to bring in somebody, not just, you know, promoting like a quality quality control guy to quarterback coach. You need to bring in somebody good for quarterback coach because you either need to shit or get off the pot with Wentz or commit to Hertz and make it happen. So um, I don't hate the coaching staff, I guess, and I don't hate the roster. They have some they have some quality receivers. They just weren't all healthy at the same time. They showed that running backs, they were like full-on running backs don't matter. They had a few of them. They all worked out decently at times. Just It was a rough season for him injury-wise and Carson Wentz-wise. You're not going to play well when your quarterback is that inconsistent. Um, and, you know, the defense as well. So, this do, you is get, a, do you get what's going on with Wentz and the ownership and why they are forcing this? I mean, Hurts looked pretty damn live to me when they started him at the end of last season. Why in the world are we turning back the clock after you invested second-round draft capital last year in Hurts? Why are we forcing Wentz? What is going I don't on? know. And I don't know if they will. Like, uh, I think I think it Every, might just be. You think all of the speculation, all of the narratives that are trickling into the media from Philadelphia are all bullshit? I, I think I think we'll see what Sirianni does. He doesn't want to. I don't think he wants. This is his think, shot. So you think he's going into camp with? We are having an open quarterback competition. Well, I think Hertz he's going better in camp. camp. We're going with Hertz. I, I think he, have he's probably going into camp. Backup. I mean, he's going into camp thinking, like, how do I win games to continue to be a head coach? This is my shot. Like, if, if Wentz looks like he does in camp, if Wentz looks like he does in preseason, what what does it benefit trying to fix something that you can't fix? So I would, uh, if I'm him, I'm keeping an open mind. But if it's, it's classic NFL if they don't. Like, oh, he's too expensive to put him on the bench. Like, oh, okay, lose games then. Have fun. <laughs> You lose the locker room real freaking fast, and it's already a tenuous locker room after what happened in week 17, apparently. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the coaching staff. I like the receiving core. I don't like the situation that they're put in with the quarterback. Um, very, very excited to hear Sirianna, Sirianna just say, we're going we're gonna to see what, you know, this is not Wentz's job by default. So this is – Philadelphia, Philadelphia Eagles are – it's a really, really, really tough read, okay? We have a good feel of every franchise and every team in general, I think. There's a handful that are tough to wrap your brain around. And Philadelphia I think it's a good front office. It's a good front office, but the ownership seems to be meddling in a way that's not good. And honestly, like the fact that Doug Peterson went from clear top five coach in my mind to clear this guy does not have it so quickly is really weird it's really weird and granted yes a lot of their issues were just injuries last year you know if the offensive line stays healthy if lane johnson doesn't break his ankle five times if you know if, if brooks doesn't miss the entire season because of a preseason injury th that offensive line is a lot healthier maybe wentz doesn't look as horrific um, but clearly something has changed with Wentz and it's not good. Clearly something uh, went wrong with Peterson and his ability to kind of, you know, lead that team, which then that's not good. Um, they lost, they lose Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator as well. Uh, and I think that's not good considering their personnel on defense. They're a very f front seven focused defense. And that's where all their talent is. And a lot of those guys are old. A lot of those guys want to get paid and they have a huge amount of holes in their secondary. 
And I don't know how that gets fixed very quickly. Maybe the only thing going for them is they're probably going to have their pick of any defensive player in the draft at six. I don't yeah. think it's likely that any defensive player goes before Philadelphia gets to pick at six. So they can take their tri- their choice. You want a linebacker? You want a you want a, you want a cornerstone of your defense built going forward, building a defense around him? Go for it. You know, get a top ten guy. Um, but I don't think that swings their fortunes in twenty twenty one. No, you can't just. I, I guess Washington was in the playoffs, but yeah, they're not. They're not going to just turn around. I mean, if they were in the playoffs, it would be because they won a weak division. You know, they, I'm not saying they couldn't go to the playoffs, but they uh, either add add a receiver, trade down. I think you probably. I don't know if you should be drafting a defensive player in the top six. I think you could trade back a few spots and still get. There's the edge rusher from Miami that I can't think of. I don't know who the best linebacker is. I, I really haven't looked at mocks much. I think that the, one of the top players is that Alabama quarterback, the younger Sertain, but sure. he's not, he's not like top 10 where if you wanted a really good defensive player, you could probably do it and still get some draft capital by trading back. So uh, maybe that's the look there. Okay. That's not crazy. Let's move down to the Detroit lions. Oh God. My goodness. Oh man! Third, the third worst year after the Jets and the Texans, by my estimation, this was a team that was expected to challenge for the NFC North, and yet they finished five and eleven. The right, off the, right off the bat, yeah. And it wasn't even really a matter of injury this year. You can't point to well, Stafford only played half the season because Matt Patricia drove this thing into a ditch, and he did it with gusto. With a um, smile defense, on his face and a pencil in his hat. Pencil, pencil in his mouth, yeah. He, this defense was horrible, like all-time horrible for so much of the season <laughs> that they really did not give this team a chance. Like, honestly, you, the... You can uh, pin a little of that on injury, though. Like, it's funny because so many people, a lot of sharp groups, a lot of sharp players played early on Detroit to win the division, Detroit over their win total. And boy, the first three quarters of the season... And by, I mean, first three quarters of the season, I mean, first three quarters of football of the season against the Bears. Was that the first game? Yes. That they looked pretty decent. Like, oh, they're beating up on the Bears here. And then just cluster injury. It, it, and it shouldn't end a season losing a few corners, but it's like it did. They well, they had no redundancy and they had no, they had no second. Yeah. 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 They didn't have the depth there. Maserati Mitch tore them apart. They shouldn't have lost that game. And, it just spiraled from there. You know, they, they were never healthy in the secondary, but it's like Stafford and the offense were never on the same page. The offensive coordinator was never on the same page with how to use Stafford. And then, I mean, let's just, let's just address it. They hired a crazy ass strength and conditioning coach, essentially like tight ends coach. Yes. He was under some good regimes. He was under from very smart people in his last job, but he seems like a legitimate psychopath. And then people rang rang on the Anthony Lynn thing, and I was kind of like, "That's not terrible." Like, I don't hate Anthony Lynn as an offensive mind. I hate Anthony Lynn as a leader of men. Anthony Lynn as a game manager. Anthony Lynn as a decision maker. Like, Anthony Lynn can probably call an offense still. I don't want him as a coach. So, yet to see. Like, it, it's an ugly name to add to your staff, but. I, I think that might be the best part of this coaching staff is Anthony Lynn. And that might not even be a compliment to Anthony Lynn. It's just the fact that they hired Dan Campbell, 
they hired another guy from the Saints. It was like a DB's coach to run the defense, and then Stafford wants out. And these coaches apparently knew when they took the job that Stafford was probably going to try to get out of there at the same time. So a little messy up in Detroit. Um, I, I I don't know what to do if you're in Michigan as a fan, except sign up for win bets. $1,000 free bets and a hoodie of your choice. If you're in Michigan now, we are live, live, live. Hey, and if you do, you can go and make a $25 bet on the Lions regular season win total under. And, or and, thousand. Or thousand. Yeah, free. get a free, get yeah, a free you thousand. Know the $500 risk-free bet. For some reason, Michigan, they feel so bad about the Dan Campbell hire. It's a thousand. That's incredible. $1,000 risk-free bet is legitimately incredible. I am... I'm one time roll over. I'm shocked. I'm excited. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's just awesome. Um, and getting, getting a free hoodie equally awesome. So if you're in Michigan, please, uh, give it a, give it a look, check this, check the link on this YouTube video, check the link on this podcast and, uh, click through and sign up for WinBet in Michigan and get, and send us, send us all the stuff in the, on the bet spurts or the deep dive, uh, Twitter handle. So we can make sure we give you what you deserve. Which is a free hoodie. Um, okay, Dan Campbell era is going to be a failure, in my opinion, and I don't need to look any farther. I, I don't care that if, I don't care if his opening press conference got the people in the room ready to stand up and clap a standing ovation. They were so fired up. He was so motivating. I don't care. We have seen this man in action in game making decisions in a game. And it was when he took over as the interim coach for the Miami Dolphins. And he is so over his skis against any legitimate coach in the NFL. It is not going to be fair or fun or funny, especially when you see him get outcoached by the class in this league and you realize he's going to be there for six years. They gave him a six-year contract. Now, I guess the you know the fact that they're probably angling for number 1.1 1. 1 in the 2022 draft. Is that, is that reasonable? I mean, do yeah. we, is that, is that the reasonable expectation for this team? Like they're probably going to lose Stafford 1. and you're fine with it. And yeah, I think you, you grab best player available and tank. Right. What do you think? I, and I guess here's here's my I guess final final question, and let's move off the sad lines. Um, yeah, we've only done seven teams so far. This might be a two parter. Yeah, that's not a terrible idea. What's uh, what's Stafford worth? What's People are saying first Stafford? round pick. Is he really worth first rounder? Is I think he's worth Stafford? a late a late first round pick. Like but if you're Kenny Galladay's not coming with him, is he? If you're Indy. Your first round pick, if you're Pittsburgh, if you're, I guess the Niners pick is too high. No, I mean he's he's a very good quarterback, but he's not a young man anymore. And we've seen some, you know, problems when his star receivers are missing. Specifically, one if yeah, if Kenny Gallier came with him, he's worth one point one for three <laughs> years. <laughs> That's an electric connection. So, I'm not sure what the market makes of it. A bunch of teams have approached him. I guess. He's he's still a quarterback, and just look at what Kirk Cousins got paid when he was on the free market. It's not like he's on the open market, but 
there's there's a wild a wild market for quarterbacks. Okay. Well, Especially, I mean, just start looking. How many teams have we named here? Where Atlanta has a retiring quarterback, Miami has a bad situation, the Jets have a bad situation. We're gonna get to the Panthers next. They don't know where they're at. The Broncos are after that. They don't know where they're at. We have the Niners. They don't know where they're at. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of spots where a quarterback would be awful useful. The Washington football team, maybe the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's uh, I'm, I mean, I'm naming playoff teams that could use a quarterback. Yeah, all of that is true. Um, man, yeah, it's just depressing. Like, I need to lay my head down after talking yeah. about the Lions. Here's the thing. I challenge the idea that Matt Stafford is an Iron Man. He plays through injury ball. He gets injured a lot. Like he does not know how to avoid contact in a way that that keeps himself out of trouble. Like you, yeah. if you if you think going all in on Matt Stafford and he's going to be healthy for sixteen games, no problem. I got bad news for you. Like you are really taking a risk in terms of his availability. And even if you have the best offensive line in football for pass protection, which kept Philip Rivers upright for 16 games in Indianapolis, I I, I just don't know if you're going if you're getting what you think you're getting in terms of uh, you know an availability from an availability standpoint. And I don't know if I'm giving up one oh, you know, first round pick for him. Um, I guess yeah, yeah. And I, again, I, if I'm the Lions and I'm like kind of trying to figure out the future of my franchise and we're losing our franchise quarterback here and I'm looking at the pieces I've got, I'm literally like, I guess we're going to be the first round pick next year. Like those are the reasonable expectations. Um, yeah. If they win the games next year, it's going to be by accident. Number eight, Carolina Panthers. How are you feeling about them? They could use a quarterback too. I'm not sure anybody they have is the answer, but for a team with the roster that they had, it was fun at times. It was a fun team to watch. They were a covering machine during certain parts of the season. You know, is this a landing spot for Watson or Stafford? Carolina doesn't have the package. They couldn't put the same package together that the Jets or the Dolphins could. But, mm-hmm. I mean, just think about our guy. Um, Joe oh, Brady. Well, Matt not just, well, yeah, those two. Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. Yo, what's that bear doing? Yeah, yeah. What's, that, what's that Texan doing? Get yeah. him up here. Like, they have they have a really pretty decent for for such a shitty team and you know a top ten draft pick this year they have an, an electric duo of receivers and yeah. they they just need some more pieces on defense they need a quarterback and all of a sudden this is a team in a very tough again what we mentioned with Atlanta a very tough division but they're kind of a quarterback away from halfway competing. Especially if we can add a few more pieces, the defense needs a lot of work. I I think you need to be exploring the free agent market for some defensive pieces. The rest of your draft probably needs to be focused around the defense. But man, you like just say you put put Watson on, the, on this staff, Watson those receivers, CMC, Music Factory, and then add some defensive pieces through the draft and free agency. Yeah, you're a dynamo all of a sudden. You're you're like you're you're fighting for a wild card spot just like yeah. that. You're better than last. Yeah, you're better than you're better than you're already ahead of teams that were in the playoffs last year in the NFC, like the Bears and the Washington Football yeah. Team. No, for sure. Yep. Man, maybe it's, the Saints. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's silly to say like, oh yeah, Deshaun Watson, you're a playoff team. Yeah, uh, that's how it works unless you're Houston. 
Yes, exactly. Um, so, okay, interesting. I don't know what you do with Teddy covers at this point. Um, I also don't know if the quarterback of the future is going to be there for you to draft at number eight. Um, and I think you're right. I think you need to continue to invest in your defense because this defense stinks. Although Derek Brown, as a top ten pick last year, turned out to have a pretty solid season, and he'll he will yeah, be a legit. Not bro. enough pieces around him. Not enough pieces around him. Though. Um, they're probably going to draft a line. Right. They're probably going to draft a linebacker or something, right? Like they're going to take LB one, the kid out of Parsons, maybe out of uh, out of Penn State. That's probably Penn where they State, go. Yeah, that's that's who it is. That's your number one linebacker. It's <clears> like. Number one linebacker's him. Number one edge guy is Miami guy. Number one corners, Alabama guy. And that's about all the defensive players I know. Yeah. So if you see Parsons lined at an over under of like nine and a half ish, I would take the under because I think he's going number eight to the Panthers. That's just my opinion. Number nine, Denver Broncos. I will tell you this much Drew Locke is not the guy right now. Um, although I am now have, after having touched the Josh Allen will never be the guy hot pot with my bare hands and that's burning it. Now that's what I'm I said little, about Darnold. Yeah, like I'm a I little touch that hot pot. But see, so Darnold, we've seen enough. I, I, at least I have, I've seen enough and he doesn't have the tools like Josh Allen had to tweak a couple things in the off season. All of a sudden he's all, all of a sudden he's this much more accurate. You put a, you know, a top, top flight receiver around him it's like holy smokes look at the improvement here like i don't see it with darnold drew lock also don't see it but uh the fact of the matter is they have jerry judy they're gonna get sutton back they have no fan the, the the offensive line improved dramatically this year and if drew lock is rumored to be working with um carson palmer's brother what's it, jordan palmer in the offseason then all of a sudden i'm I'm in on on the potential for the Broncos to surprise us in 2021. If this offseason is a lot of mealy mouth John Elway saying Drew Locke is our guy, but they're quietly shopping for another guy and or you know, you know, the vision isn't there for this Broncos team, then I'm out. Um, they're gonna get a lot of important players back from on defense uh, off of injury. Presumably, Von Miller's back, although he's dealing with some weird legal shit. So who knows? Um, yeah. And you know that the the pieces, other than the quarterback, are all solid. Like, kind of like the Panthers. Uh, you know, it's it's it's. But at the same time, like, I don't think they're going to give up on Drew Locke. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback this year, That's even though everyone in the whole freaking universe knows he needs so much work that they can't reasonably expect him to just figure it out. And this, I was kind of saving this. But this is my favorite landing spot for Matt Stafford. Ooh, interesting. Because of Fant, because of Judy, because of Hamler, because of uh, it's a system Tim. That fits Tim him. Oh my God, who's the receiver? His name's Tim something. Like he just came out of nowhere too. Like they have legitimately like four pretty good receivers, a good tight end, and if they uh, if the line plays well, it, you put a Stafford behind that. He's got a bunch of receivers that can get separation. That's his wet dream. Tim, I can't think of his Tim last Patrick? name. Tim Patrick. Just sounds like yeah, just sounds like an Irish last name. Tim Patrick. Um, yeah, he played well too. So this is like, I I think it's just silly of me to even worry about this because it it just feels like uh you know 
even though he stepped away from GM responsibilities, always seemed kind of stubborn with uh, with some of the quarterback decisions he's made. So I think they probably stick with Trulock. I don't think I'm sold on him. I think he might look better than he actually is because of the great receivers they have, and uh, it, it might end up being a little bit of a, a mirage of a team that just can't get it done against good teams because they don't have a quarterback who can step up when they need to. So I would love to see Stafford – you know, trade Drew Locke in this pick for Stafford. That, I, or, that, yeah, or Stafford. You're, you're, yeah. You, you jump the, I think you could jump the Chargers and the, you could jump the Chargers and the Raiders pretty quick and be in contention to grab some wild card spots behind Kansas City. It's a tough division for the foreseeable future because winning the division means winning like 13 games at this point. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, like the blueprint is there for Drew Locke. You can fix your shit if you do the Josh Allen route and you improve your accuracy and your completion percentage goes up over your expectation. If that goes up and you get all these pieces back, offensive weapons back, defensive studs back, then this is a pretty good team all of a sudden. But Locke is sort of the straw that stirs the drink either positively or negatively. And without knowing that he's going to be able to improve and make a leap, then it's a negative, and they are a five-win team. Um, what do you think about your Dallas Cowboys? I'm very curious to see what you think they ought to do in the offseason. I'm not a big cap space contract guy, so I don't know what to do with the DAC thing. Like this, Get a time machine. Don't pay Jalen. Don't pay Zeke. Like Some of these contracts are just they're, – they're, they're turning into the Rams without the results. Like they're the they're in this weird cap spot where they're paying a couple guys way too much money. They need to figure out what they're doing at quarterback. The coach that they went with didn't turn out to be what I mean, it was uh kind of a buyer beware thing. And we got we again we put our hand on the stove. I was like, Yeah, maybe, maybe he's turned it around. No, he's just cheetah doesn't change his spots, the leopard doesn't change his spots or whatever. Cheetah never prospers, but I mean, McCarthy is still McCarthy's still just McCarthy. I don't know what some of the play calling was. Obviously, they, they, it was a good team that had a lot of injuries. Like different, same thing as Philly. Like they actually had a good quarterback though, who was playing well. They had a crazy fun offense, and then everyone got hurt. You start losing lineman after lineman after lineman after quarterback, and <laughs> and and they were still until the last week in it to win this shitty division, just like everybody else. So the Cowboys drafting 10, I don't even know what you take here. I, I have no idea where their holes are. Uh, defense, all, I, I suppose. Defense like, it's yeah. defense again, but, uh, you know, if all, if all your linemen are healthy again, I suppose you just you add some defensive pieces and try to get over and healthy, see what you do with Dak and go from there. I guess but, is, but the coaching staff at its current rate, I'm not excited about the Cowboys in the near future. So Dak breaks his leg this year. He very much was a top five guy last offseason. They didn't sign him long term. If they franchise him, they owe him thirty-eight million. Wow. That's if so he basically has them over a barrel because they're Backup player plan B of franchising him is that's a big check to write for one year. And I don't and think your that, other backup is Ben DiNucci. Your other backup is no Garrett Gilbert, you know, the, the Garrett Apollo Gilbert. star, Apollo star, Garrett Gilbert. Um, the okay, the, the important 
things to keep in mind here if you're a Cowboys guy, if you're the GM, if you're making decisions, they're going to get a top five offensive line back, right? Tyron Smith is coming back. And he is going to be a top 10, top five offensive tackle for you. Zach Martin is coming back. He could be a top one or two guard for you, right? You're going to have a great offensive line next year. You have a very intact set of weapons in the passing game that are dynamic, oh game breakers. Oh my, yes. Which means... They lose Witten. Yeah, they lose... <laughs> Witten <laughs> was, was gone already. He was in Vegas this year, remember? How weird was that? Um, but the... I mean, you, you saw a guy, the, the guy they had... A couple guys they had emerged, I thought, as potential weapons in the, from the standpoint. Anyway, you need to get out from under Zeke's contract badly, right? Like honestly, like how do you? Do, I don't know how you do that. How did the Rams do it with Nobody's, Ty Gurley? They they dealt with they the ate a year, they ate a year, and they let it. They let him go. Yeah, right. I think that's you need to strongly consider that because number one, the guy behind him, Tony Pollard, is more dynamic for what you want to do and what the current state of offenses are in the NFL. Number two, paid. number two, I think Zeke may have a little more market value right now than Todd Gurley did one year ago. But Todd Gurley was broadly considered, you know, his knees are done. He's done. Zeke has never really dealt with injury concerns to the tune of people probably don't think look at him and think, well, he's done. Um and it's just a matter of the money and who's paying him. Uh, and because you realistically, you need to get out from under that so that next year in free agency, you can go swing heavy at some defensive stars. Like you need to get blue chippers on defense, pass rush, qu- cornerback, guys that, you know, not guys, not unlike you let walk out the door so you can pay freaking Zeke Elliott. Um, and yeah, the Dak Prescott thing is, is problematic. I think Prescott is probably an asset still, even after you franchise tag him at 38 million, there are probably teams that you could make a deal if you wanted to deal him and bring in another quarterback who was a little cheaper, who could get it done just as effectively because your passing weapons and passing game are so good. And because your offensive line is so good. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like you don't really need a top four or five guy in Dak if you. No, don't it's not a it's not a bad have- roster. It's not a bad roster. It was a hurt roster in a very key position, and it's an overpaid running back. Where I, I like, that. I'm in full agreement. Go the Rams route where you just suck it up, you eat but it. Do you think? Of- do you think what I'm saying is makes sense? Where you tag, you tag Prescott this yeah. year, and you you take phone calls. Yeah. No, you you tag him and and you see what you can get for him. He's a veteran because, quarterback like Stafford. Like I kind of want Stafford in Dallas. I, I want Dallas. And some, and I agree with you. Another another great spot for him. If you get him around some good, like it's silly. Yeah, it's silly to say like, oh, a quarterback, great good offensive receiver? line. He's always yeah. gonna be you know, more likely to stay but healthy yeah, through the season behind yeah. that super unit. I, that's the bigger part for for Dallas, I suppose, would be not only is it you know the the Cooper show and everything else you have down there with uh, I'm trying to think of the other, who's the young the young kid Gallup and Gallup and Lamb. Gallup and Lamb. You have a uh, you have that trio, but you have the offensive line. That's probably more important for a guy that loves to take some contacts. Yeah. Loves so, to take some contacts. I guess does it make sense for Stafford and for the Cowboys and the Lions to swap a route here? I mean, would the Lions take on Prescott at thirty-eight million and build around him for the future? Uh, they got to. Who knows what their their front is that office a, is? That's right a long-term they upgrade. Hired, they hired Dan Campbell. They'd pay they'd pay Dak thirty million for per game. I don't know. Like they're, they're seem stupid right now. They'll do anything. 
I think that's not a crazy flip flop there. If the, if Stafford and and Prescott flip flop, Lions sign Lions trade for a guy on the franchise tag, thirty eight million, work out a long term deal so he gets fairly paid because the Lions have or or oh dude, Stack Prescott to the Colts makes a shit ton of sense too. That's that's really what the Colts need to do. There's so right? many there's so many quarterbacks sitting to flip around. This is gonna be is fun because the, Col- the Colts have massive cap space, massive. And a guy like a young quarterback on that kind of deal, they can absorb a $38 million franchise tag this year and they can give him a sweetheart deal for the they long term. Them. And then Frank Reich is, doesn't have a new quarterback every year. How do we double get, max or whatever? The, how do the, we get, the NBA super max. They're exa- exactly. How do we get Prescott on the Colts, Stafford on the Cowboys, and then the Lions get the assets? Yeah, the Lions can have like Jacoby Brissett. Ben DiNucci and a bunch of first rounds. <laughs> Figure it's it out, guys. Pick. A first round pick. We'll, we'll, th- we'll throw in some kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I think, I, I mean, because reasonably, like the Cowboys are kind of effed with their cap situation, the cap coming down potentially and doing a long term deal with Dak. I, so I think they need to seriously think about him as an asset and trade him, even though he's been the guy, you know? I don't know. Dakota. All right. Let's uh let's let's cover a couple more of these and you want to adjourn for the night and come back and do the other fifteen tomorrow. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> I right, I, otherwise because I, I, I don't want to ru- I don't want to rush through these. I think we're having fun. We're hitting on some fun Hell points yeah. here. So yeah, Absolutely. let's just do another one tomorrow night. All right, that works. Um, let's talk about the New York Giants, New York Football Giants. I they don't over- have a lot of notes for these guys. I know they overachieved this year, yet here they are in the eleven hole. That's six and ten. Um, was there a bit of a disconnect between the fact that they were almost in the playoffs, the fact they're fighting for a playoff spot, and then you realize like, oh yeah, they still won like six games. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it and it wasn't. It's not like the Cowboys where you're like, oh no, they had a good roster. They just were missing a couple pieces. A couple guys were hurt. Like the guys they were missing were like Zach Barkley and anyone on defense not really i guess they had the emergence of bradbury he's a good blue chipper going bradbury forward. Is that might have been one of the better signings of the year last year um no, no pass that rush. worked out that worked out lovely um yeah no pass rush is yeah the, the running backs don't matter thing doesn't always work like wayne gallman you still need someone good like uh, I, i'm not sure the running game was as effective as they'd hoped you know, you lose somebody like Sack Barkley, it's not going to be great, but you've seen it time and time again where it's like, oh, here's Boston Scott or here's whoever the, you know, whoever the shit we're bringing in from the back, you know, the backup role and they play just fine. But I, I, I guess I was impressed with Danny Dimes. I liked how they used him. I've mentioned this a hundred times. I liked some of the designed runs, even the one where he fell on his face. He's quicker than he looks. Like, is this the old thing? I'll like, uh, that's how they that's what they say about white wide receivers like oh he's sneaky fast you know like the, the, he was legitimately fast yeah like he is he's yeah it's not just some weird stereotype like he's legitimately really fast he's quick yeah. and he's a big dude he's a decent runner so i like that um they need they need a couple more pieces i think oh right. we got somebody somebody over in the twitch yeah, twitch like what a skillage um they need a few more pieces, obviously. They, they weren't a good team just because they were competing for a playoff spot. Another receiver would be nice. Some more defensive help would be nice. They could probably use one more lineman. Like I haven't gone over draft needs for every team yet. But it, They're it's in not, a great spot to get a really good wide receiver. 
Yeah, it's not. Yeah, and it's it's another. It's not last year. I don't think we'll ever see a wide receiver class like last year. I don't know. Maybe still, it, this might be a part two. There's still some good ones. Chase Smith, uh, uh, there's other Smith, Waddle. <laughs> Waddle. Like there are great guys coming out this year. Um, maybe the top end. Maybe it's not as deep. That's probably true, no. right? It's not as deep. Yeah, I'm gonna find like a clay top, pool and the top end guys. I mean, the top end guys look freaking good. Um, yeah, people forget about Jamar Chase just because it was such a such a down year there. Like he's good. He didn't he's play. Like, he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, he sat out the season. It's it's a whole year off. Like you, yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah. You forget about like that was that was such a good offense two years ago, and then you know just LSU becomes this afterthought. You know, you're not just how bad LSU played this year. You forget all about that that team that was so good two years ago, and no. you kind of forget about the highlights he was able to put up. I mean, that was. That was a great offense. He's a part of that. Yeah, that uh, having 15 players drafted and then losing him as well, that's how you end up looking like Vanderbilt all of a sudden. So yeah. I, I like him. I like both Alabama kids. Yeah, there, there's some high-end talent, and that's probably the wide here, isn't it? I agree. So, And I agree with your underlying take, which is Dimes has a level to his game which shows potential. But it was pretty clear that one – nagging injury preventing him from using that extra gear that level of his game made him bad <laughs> like yeah. when he was a pocket passer um even when they were giving him reasonable protection he was not as good and i don't i mean i don't really have a strong opinion on dimes i guess i never really i don't know if he was realistically promising uh, round one talent yeah. Um, they reached when they took him at six. Uh, he, I don't know that Jason Garrett is a guy I really want developing my young quarterback because his philosophy is a little backwards. Um, they, when Zach Barkley was healthy, that was hysterical. Like watching them run. What was what was the what was Zach Barkley's line against the Pittsburgh Steelers? At one point, he had literally like eight rushes for minus two yards or something crazy. Yeah. Like it was, it was like impossibly bad. The run like, scheme, was, the scheme was scheme like they were put, Zach is or Zach. Zach is not a bad player. Obviously, they were putting him in bad positions. It was, it was awful. So yeah, I think if you get Jones, O line get him a good high end receiver. Yeah, um, I was low on who is it? Williams? Who was there? Uh, Andrew Miller. Who was the off? No, the offensive lineman they took, Andrew. Wasn't how are how are we blanking on so many players? It's, it's, only, it's Andrew something. You'll think of it. Andrew Thomas. Thank you, Skillet. Um, I was shitting on him at the beginning of the season. He came around nicely. He yeah, turned he into fun. a pretty good piece. So yeah, and I, I was he, a little worried. He, he, I was worried because they they put a high end draft pick into it, and it's like, oh man, is this the one lineman that's not going to work out? Because. Yeah. Wills looked good. Wirfs looked good. Every, Wirfs everybody like looked good. Pro, man. Yeah, everybody looked good. I'm like, oh no, is Andrew Thomas going to be the the dud here? He, yeah. he came along. So if they, if he continues to advance, they get another piece on the line. They get an outside receiver. It could be a good team. Okay. Anytime. All, right. All right. And there's uh, yeah. Okay. So they they definitely uh, probably go wide receiver, and they, their offense gets better next year. The defense. They still need a lot of pieces. They still need some help pass rush wise. They're still going, but I guess they played hard. They played hard. I, they you know. were. We said that every week. Like they're yeah. not. 
they're not tanking for sure. They're they're tryhards. Yeah. yeah, they played really hard. So if you get that same level of performance, did they lose? They didn't lose their defensive coordinator, did they? I think he interviewed, but I think he stayed. I'm pretty sure he stuck around. I don't have him moving anywhere. I, I don't have all my coach moves up yet. I'm making a little chart. No big deal. Patrick Graham, he stays. He is the assistant head coach. They gave him a little maybe assistant a little to the head coach. Um, all right. San Francisco 49ers picking 12th. They lost a piece. They lost their DC. Yeah, they, they had, lost uh, wasn't Michael Floor. Uh, yeah, he took he took oh, Michael uh, Floor in LA. Michael Floor was quarterbacks coach for the Niners. Yeah, yeah. Michael Floor, by the way, is Matt Lafleur's younger brother. Matt Lafleur is forty-one. Oh, Michael Floor is thirty-four. Thirty-four. Um, all right. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did take. Uh, they did take a few pieces out of there. This was, you know, we don't have to tell you this either. This was one of our favorite teams going into the season. We had Jimmy G MVP tickets, not because we thought he was particularly good, but because yeah. we really believed in the coaching staff. We believed in the roster. Kittle yeah. is right next to, right next to my awesome like. plus five fifty KC Super Bowl future that is sitting in my queue is a yep. San Francisco Super Bowl future ticket that is a loser, and it was a, a loser pretty early. Massive, and yeah, Lafleur was the passing. Lafleur was the passing game coordinator for San Francisco. So, ah, thank you. They did. They they took a couple coaches out of there. Um, I guess the big question, you know, th this is a good roster. This is a good roster that had a lot of injuries. Great roster. Um, yeah, it, it really, it is a great roster. The only question mark is, is it the Jimmy G show going forward, or are you doing something else? Kind of got to make that decision here soon. Great head coach. Top five. Kyle Shanahan is a top five NFL head coach, and I don't think that's close. Um, they have good they, – they drafted well last year. Kinlaw looks like a future stud on the D-line. They obviously get Nick Bosa back off of an ACL. He's – you know, he was amazing in his rookie season. Um, they need help in the secondary. They're probably going to lose Richard Sherman, which is fine. Uh, but they need to draft second some good young secondary pieces. But you're right. The entire question around the Niners and their 2021 fortunes resolve, revolve around Jimmy Garoppolo. And you can point two fingers here. One is, is he performing at the level that they need to go back to the Super Bowl? And is he able to stay healthy? And for sure on the second question, it has been a resounding no throughout his career. And that may be a big enough problem to just throw – Throw your hands up and say, "Okay, well, we need somebody who's more, you know, a better, better, better ability to stay healthy, better ability to stay on the field, because we can't be doing the Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard show and expect to win and compete in the NFC because it's just too tough." Um, Nick Mullins, by the way, had almost Tommy John anyway, so he's definitely done. Um, so yeah, you need a you need a quarterback, and they are currently the market favorites to land Stafford. Don't love it, <laughs> honestly. Not a super fit in my mind. I don't know that you have the game-breaking weapons in the passing game that can get open down the field that Stafford likes to hit. Uh, although Ayuk looked like a fine draft choice. I don't know if he's that good. Debo Samuel is a spectacular game-breaking player, but again, most of his action happens at or around the line of scrimmage. So you can kind of get the most out of him with anyone. You don't need 
Uh, a guy like Stafford, you can you do it with someone else. Yeah. And honestly, a guy like Matt Ryan kind of entering his twilight, a guy like Kirk Cousins entering his twilight makes more sense to me for San Francisco than putting your chips back onto the table with Jimmy Garoppolo who can't stay healthy or taking a swing and giving up assets to bring in Stafford who can't stay healthy. So that's kind of, I, I don't know if Jimmy G to Stafford is a meaningful enough upgrade in terms of his level of performance you can expect on the field considering both guys are equally suspect in terms of playing 16 games for you. So I'm hopefully going a different direction. I'm just not sure uh, for them, I don't know. It could have been. I, I know the the injuries were weird for San Francisco because everyone got hurt. They lost Solomon Thomas, Nick Bosa, D Ford. I think D Ford retired. He got so hurt. Um, the I'm I'm, Young, I'm forgetting. Young, pass rusher got hurt. Yeah, Debo was hurt. Kittles hurt. Yeah, uh, multiple yeah. multiple running backs were hurt. They were down to like their third running back at points. They were hurt. You know, you lost Jimmy G. You lost Debo Samuel. Missed a lot of time. Yeah. yeah, it was it was rough. Who's who? And and then we almost bet bet the Jets against them. Yeah, it's like yeah. oh, there's well, nobody left on this team. Do we bet the Jets? And then it was like, no, nah, they're still there's their second their second team still better than Gase. Giants, same thing happened with the Giants, too. They've cleaned yeah. the Giants' clocks with their second team. All right, so I, John Lynch has earned the trust in my mind that I think he's going to make a good decision here. He went from being a not-great GM in his first couple of seasons to being one of the better in the league last year, not just in terms of his vision for how to build a team, um, but you know the, some of the moves he was able to make in the navigating the draft, getting the best value possible, making trades in and out of spots where he was getting players that he needed and getting extra picks for it. It was pretty impressive to see it, and I think he can do something similar this year. Kyle Shanahan, I still have a ton of a ton of respect for going forward. I think the oh, Niners yeah. are going to bounce back, and you know they probably are they going to be the favorites in the NFC West next year? Probably, right? Maybe slight favorites over the Seahawks and slight favorites I, over the Rams. I would go Seahawks one, Rams two, Niners three, but all really close. Really, I'd go Niners up. three. Well, like close with all within like twenty. You know, one of those where you go to a different book and Niners and Rams are flipped. You know, it's all it's really close. Those three teams, I think. Can see, you see the, the way the Seahawks finished the season, went to the playoffs? They still have continuity at the running back. They have good receivers. They the defense came along in certain spots. Like they're they're going to be mild favorites. Okay. Not by much. Okay. I think yeah, I think I would make the Niners plus two ten to twenty-ish. I would make the Seahawks plus two fifty-ish and the Rams plus two eighty-ish. Yeah, Cardinals I, I just can't put the plus, Niners ahead of the Cardinals plus three fifty. Cardinals all of a sudden are looking to be in. Cardinals all of a sudden going to be the 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 basement of the NFC West again, real quick. Worst coach, real quick, real quick. Yeah, I can't wait to get to the Cardinals, which we lead off with tomorrow. <laughs> Team number sixteen. Um, what do you think? Of, Remember, we're, we're only we, yeah, we're only doing thirty teams because we're not going to talk at all about the stupid Super Bowl teams. Um, what were your thoughts on a team that we've, we've, we have finally gotten to a team first one in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 
eight, nine. First team since the Bengals, where we know relatively shortly who the quarterback for this team will be over the next five and no years. Shit. Wild. Because he was the offensive rookie of the year, Justin Herbert for the LA Chargers. I'm wearing my supercharger baby blue today. Um, not really, but uh, it, they do have some nice powder blues. Um, Superchargers moved on Anthony Lynn and hired the defensive coordinator from the Rams, bring, bringing a guy from across town. We had heard that Dable was in the mix, and that was exciting. Like, oh, God damn, nice, like, forward-thinking offensive mind to pair with Herbert. Like, and those passing wep- game weapons, this is going to be sweet. Instead, they go with the hot defensive coordinator candidate out of the Rams, who, to be honest, before week 14, had you ever heard of Brandon Saley? Probably not. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> um, what was the thinking behind going defense and Staley over bringing in an offensive mind to pair with your quarterback of the future if you're the Chargers? You know, that, but they, you know they cleaned house. You're the offensive coordinator that that, you know, if, if you want to give him any credit for your young quarterback, he's in Philly. So the guy who brought Herbert along is up in Philly. Anthony Lynn is now in Detroit, and you have – you're starting over with a defensive head coach. I I don't I love it, but they, they have a good enough roster that maybe if it's a smart guy, he – who who's the offensive coordinator? I didn't even get that far with the Chargers. Joe Lombardi. He was the guy that was interviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did his press conference this week or last week, and he was in one hand saying stuff like, we're going to get the run game going because it's so important, and on the other hand saying stuff like, we're going to go for it on fourth down because that's a huge you know, edge that people are leaving on the field. And so it was a very confusing sort of, wait, what's going on here kind of moment. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, played a hand. It could have been. It could have been. Um, they certainly have the personnel. They certainly have the the team. You know, they have the pieces. Joey Bosa is good. Der- Derwin James maybe eventually plays again One in the NFL. He's the good. Um, they have great wide receivers. Justin Herbert looks like the real deal. It's tough not to be a long term buyer in the char- Chargers. I just I'm confused by the Brandon Staley move. It's confusing. Yeah, I'm confused by the whole the whole coaching staff and. I guess it's not a it's not a franchise we've come to oh, respect. That's trivia. As Lombardi far as their... coached Staley when he was a college quarterback. That's wild. Um, I yeah, I, I've never put a lot of faith in the management, the the coaching, the medical staff, the management, the ownership. It's kind of a poorly run franchise for amazingly having this amount of talent on the roster. So long term, yeah, I'm buying into the Chargers, but I really need to see what the what the vision is here from this coaching staff. Yeah. So what? I guess what uh, what do the Chargers do in the draft at 13? Do they try to draft a replacement for their wide receiver of the future and Keenan Allen kind of getting up there in years? Uh, do they try to? add more to the defensive side of the ball. I mean, they kind of are sort of a complete team. Do they need a they need an offensive line help? I wouldn't mind getting up upgrading our offensive line to help do a better job of protect uh protect the young Justin Herbert. Um second often offensive lineman off the board after Penny Sewell goes in the top 5. The Northwestern kid. 
the Northwestern, the Northwestern kid. kid, and then there's probably a Bama kid, right? There's there's always a Bama kid. Yeah, this year is not as top heavy as last year's O line draft, but I bet you thirteen is an O lineman for the Chargers. Write that down. I like that. Yeah, that that would help for a team that has good receivers, good defense. Um, I just pulled up a a random mock. There's the USC kid. There's the kid from Virginia. There's a couple other ones. Oh, Kyle Pitts. I'd put him on my team. But, yeah, Rashawn Slater from Northwestern might be gone. There's other teams that could use him. But, uh, yeah, an offensive lineman on an already decent roster. I like it, man. Get behind that. Oh, here's a garbage team from a garbage city. <laughs> what did uh, maybe I was too close to it, but the Vikings, uh, they lose their offensive coordinator to retirement. Gary Kubiak rides off into the sunset. I don't think we've determined the replacement there yet. I'm not sure it matters. The Kubiak system was, it was something 15, 20 years ago when it was winning Super Bowls. Um, hopefully they upgrade a little. Hopefully they modernize a little because they found a absolute gem in the draft. In Justin Jefferson, who, you know, outside of if, if any of the quarterbacks wouldn't have been good, that's your rookie of the year. Amazing season from him. The amount of yardage catches he had on a on a roster that already had, you know, a really good receiver and Adam Thielen, a couple good tight ends, a, a back that can catch passes. He was he was something. We were all surprised at how well he played. So you have something there. Delvin Cook's very good. The offensive line is very bad. I think that's an offensive line pick for the Vikes. Uh, where they ended up, you almost have to take something, continue to add to the offensive line. The defense needs help, but, man, if you can't keep Kirk upright, you're going to have issues. So, What do we probably, do with the pass rush? Probably, yeah, probably add, you know, trade. See if you can trade for a D-end. <laughs> see if that works again, and then trade him away midseason. So, yeah, they need help at linebacker. They need help at the end. They could probably use some help in the defensive secondary. The defense is in really disarray right now. So it, it might end up being they don't take linemen because they need so many defensive pieces. But, yeah, any anywhere on the defense or an offensive lineman for the Vikings, unless the offense was good at times, the defense really struggled. Especially what for about the times when the offense wasn't good? I think it's just the Kubiak thing. I didn't believe in him. I don't like him. I don't like how he calls an offense. I don't like the sequencing. I think he's a little, maybe the game has passed him by a little. Probably why he retired. Because Did they he do to, what Zimmer wanted? Yeah, and that's the thing. You, you do what Zimmer wanted, you're going to run the ball. And yes, you have a really good running back, but you need to use him in the right sequence. You know, this uh, some of the play call, it wasn't even the play calling. It was the play sequencing. You put yourself behind the sticks with shitty runs on second and long, and just oh, he's such a good running back. We got to get him out there, get him his reps, get him his carries. Like, well, go look at the down and distance and decide what to do. Not looking at the roster and deciding what to do. You need to make the right play call in the right situation. So, the the offense was good when you know when the right plays were called because they had the pieces, and the defense was bad always because it was a bad defense. Hmm. With and not only a bad defense, but a defense that just kept getting hurt in the secondary. Like it was a bad secondary, and then they were getting injuries. 
and injured and injured, and it just got worse, and it was hilarious at times how bad the secondary was. The Dallas game comes to mind, how bad Dallas was at that point in the season, how low they looked, and Dalton just just scathed them. So, yeah, they need to really reevaluate their plan for the offseason as far as free agency on the defensive side, I think. Okay. That's fair. How many year more years is Kirk Cousins going to be in mini? Don't know. He signed a hell of a deal. He's. A, I don't know how much more expensive he's getting by the year. That's worth looking into. Would you do a swap a Rooney if uh, San Francisco came calling and they gave you assets on top of swapping QBs? Give who do you who do you get? You get Bathard or you get. Uh... <laughs> Jimmy G. You get Jimmy swap, G, swap G. QBs and they give you assets. Are you are you answering that phone call? Probably he's younger. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. All right. I don't really know Kirk, what to do with Kirk, the Vikings. Yeah, honestly. Kirk's I don't have a good I, I really, I really don't see I can't look in I don't see the future for this team. I don't get it. I don't know. I my suspicion is the Zimmer thing runs its course. And you got to move on and start over with a new vision, a new, you know, build around Justin Jefferson, who looks like a bona fide wide receiver one for the next 15 years. Um, But, you know, they just gave Dalvin Cook a lot of money. I mean, entirely possible in two years we're talking about, they got to get out from under that Dalvin Cook contract somehow. Um, Maybe it's not as bad as the Zeke contract is. I mean, surely it's not as bad, but... Nothing could be. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, it's weird. That's a weird roster. And I guess just in general, the franchise puts a lot of money back into that team. They do things the right way. They're like the anti Bengals in that regard. So I have higher likelihood that they figure it out than I would with the Bengals. Right. Yeah, it's a you good know? good GM. Good, good GM. Ownership good ownership group. group. Yeah. Like they're not afraid to invest in the team. They've got a great stadium. Like, yeah, it's it's the future should be relatively bright and the Packers are doing everything they can to fuck up the future of their franchise. So you have that going for them. Um, let's and the bears and the and bears, <laughs> the bears are being the bears and the lions are being the lions. So that, that you have all that going for you. Um, yeah. Let's move on to my yeah, team. When your when your biggest plus is the, the other teams in your division who they decided to sign and or retain at coaching GM. That's your biggest plus for the offseason. That's not great, but there they are. Yeah. Let's move on to my team, the New England Patriots. Last team we'll cover today. <clears throat> I don't have a single solitary idea of where they go from here. What the plan is at the quarterback position is a mystery. Um, pretty clearly the GM has handicapped this team to an extent that I haven't seen since Bill O'Brien in Houston, uh, that what, what they've done in the draft, how, how brazenly they've flaunted and wasted draft capital on the likes of a fifth round kicker who is part of Antifa or whatever. Uh, and or the opposite of Antifa. He was a, he was fa, a, a fifth round kicker who was fa. Um, and I, the Cam Newton experiment experiment was fun for three weeks, I guess. Uh, and then it was pretty clear that, it was more than the foot. It was also his shoulder. His inability to really make anything happen in the passing game was a huge problem in terms of putting a hard cap on this offense for the Patriots. Their defense was without almost all of their players last year. Um, a couple of them opted out, guys. if I remember right. 
I, I think like eight or nine guys opted out. Some of those guys aren't coming back, by the way. They're either yeah. often right off into the sunset and or they're free agents now and their price tag is too big. Belichick was handicapped by the salary cap in a lot of ways this last year. So it was always going to be kind of a, uh, you know, roll the dice on Cam Newton. If he's got it, we were in contention for a playoff spot. If he doesn't, we're going to be the 15th overall pick in the draft at seven and nine. Uh, and it was the latter. Um, they still have some decent offense. They still have some decent assistants. Josh McDaniels and the like are retained, but how much longer Belichick wants to keep doing this is a mystery and to Patricia's me. Patricia's back. Patricia's back. Yay. Uh, Yay. Steve Belichick's probably getting continuing to elevate through the organization, getting some yes. more. The other Belichick kid is getting some some more responsibility, <laughs> moving up the moving up moving up the ladder. Um, yeah, I mean. This season was a failure for the Patriots, but considering who sat out before the season started, the expectations were low, so it doesn't really matter. The fact that Brady went to the Super Bowl on the back of you doing this, is, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. It's kind of hilarious. I don't think it long-term has any reflection on Belichick, the coach. Belichick is still the best football coach that we've ever seen in all time, and he will always be, will be for a long time. Um, number one. Number one, he's the GOAT, coaching GOAT. And this season doesn't change his legacy. The problem is Belichick, the GM, has consistently handicapped this team and this franchise in terms of talent evaluation, executing on draft capital. And I don't have a, an idea where they go on the 15th pick of this draft. They need they, they're, they're whole, they have holes everywhere. I don't even know where to start. Their wide receiver room stinks. The entire defense is, you know, to players that are long in the tooth. The pass rush was weak this year. The linebacking core was soft. Uh, they have great cornerbacks. That's maybe the one position that you don't have to worry about. Although, realistically, why are you paying Stefan Gilmore what you're paying him at this point if you're not going to realistically compete for a, a division champion, you know, division title? You should probably ship Gilmore, get assets, and start a rebuild. Um, does Belichick have the stomach for that? Does he have the interest in that at this point in time in his career? I can't see it. Um, he's, old. They, he's old. Are they going to be you know, doing their due diligence, evaluating quarterbacks, finding the quarterback of the future in the draft this year, take one at 15? That seems risky. I mean, you're going to have to count on a guy falling to you, right? and like the fourth or fifth guy in this draft falling to you and having that guy be the guy. Um, I, I don't know. Does he fit with the likes of a... Justin Fields or a Mac Jones? I can't say. Does he fit with the like? Was the Florida kid Trask, Sam Trask? Does he fit with that sort of a style? I, I can't say. Um, but certainly the cur cur the quarterback for the Patriots for the future is not on this roster. Do they bring Jimmy G back into the fold if the Niners move on? Prob probably, right? I mean, that's the logical conclusion here, right? Does Jimmy G come home? And at what point... Do they, 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 they bring home Jimmy G, they get a top-tier wide receiver in the draft, and the offensive line is so good, they get some defensive players back off of sitting out, and all of a sudden this team is competing again? Or uh, do they tear it all down and rebuild? I, it's, it is a total mystery to me. I do not know which way they go. My guess is it's probably going to be the we'll try to run it back with Jimmy G here. Give it one year, maybe two years, and if it doesn't work out, then Belichick calls it a, calls it a career, and McDaniel's takes over. I mean, at least they have a great or Steve, owner, right? Or Steve, Steve's probably going to get poached at some point, man. You don't see 
you know, coaching talent like that come along that often, um, you know, somebody's going to come calling. You can't blame the haircut on the pandemic that much longer, though. You can't just be like, yeah, pandemic, <laughs> I can't get America. Like, no, dude, haircuts, it's been, barbershop's been open for months. You still look like a hillbilly. I don't like this. <laughs> like, you, you're not coming. You're not, we're not even interviewing you. You're a weirdo. Yeah. Look like okay. a serial killer. But yeah, no, it's amazing McDaniels hasn't been poached. And I guess he was once and he just they tried. Uh, the Colts yeah, tried. Take, they ended up better off anyway. Batches, yeah. Yeah. So it does scare me. Um, if I were them, you know, uh, taking myself out of the, I don't give a fuck about Belichick right now. Like if I if I pull that back and say I'm I'm not worried about what Bill thinks. I'm worried like the entire front office as a whole. I'm just I'm drafting a quarterback in the first round. Okay. Okay. You know, just you you have whoever's to there. Yep, you have to fix that, or you or you identify who you like and try to get it. And if you fail, take a wide receiver or you know something else on the offense. But if you can get the if you can get the quarterback you want this year, I think you do it. Hey, uh, Skillage on our Twitch buddy, uh, thank you by the way for commenting from Twitch. That's wild. I didn't know anyone watched there, but I appreciate it. He brings up Mac Jones at fifteen. You know who's got a body that looked a lot like Tom Brady when they drafted him. Mac Jones. <laughs> that is a project in terms of a underdeveloped body. And if they can work the ma- same magic, then it makes sense. The problem is I just don't know if Mac Jones, I don't know if they're willing to wait for the maturation project, you know, pro- process to go through with a, pro- with a, pro- you know, with a, a true project like that. Like that's going to take years for him to really develop into an NFL QB, does Belichick have the patience for that? See, he in this for the That's where I'm like, are, are you, and that's where I'm wondering, like, are we going to hold a whole franchise back because Belichick doesn't have patience and he'd rather, well, I mean, what's the alternative? Just Bill burns it down for two years because he's cranky old man. It and felt he, like he was burning it down franchise. as Brady was waning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's where, and that's where hopefully, hopefully make Bill it burn it down. Bill burned it down by accident. Well, and ho- hopefully, Kraft and other people around there see what's happening and and maybe take a bigger role in turning the franchise. I don't think you take any of the keys away from Belichick until he gives them to you. Oh, I think you have to in the draft if he's going to just fuck up again. Then I, I don't care what, what whatever you owe him. You I don't even know forward. if he's doing it on purpose. He's doing it by no, accident. That, he's, no, that's what I'm saying. He, I don't think he's. I don't think he's doing it on purpose. But I don't think you just say, "Oh, Bill's been good to us for so long. Let's just let him ruin the team for three years." You step in, you try to make the best of it moving forward, whether it's with him or without him. You get a quarterback. Yeah. Well, you just lost your mastermind, Nick Cesario, who they were trying to cock block from going to the Texans for two years. He finally went to the Texans. Maybe he's important. Who knows? Ernie Adams is still there, though. Pink Stripes lives on. Um, all right, man. Let's wrap this up. This was a ton of fun. Really, really love doing this. And we'll come back and close the book on this tomorrow with part two. Does that sound like a good plan to you? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think uh, and for sure the people are going to love that Detroit Lions segment, especially. Um, because we talked about our sponsors, our partners, who are now up and open and taking signups in Michigan. Of course, if you're in New Jersey and Colorado, don't be shy. Get involved. WinBet has the slickest app for betting that I have seen, bar none. It is so nice looking. It is so easy to navigate. 
Most of these betting websites that have kind of come into the marketplace are confusing. They're sloppy. Their app is crap. This is a slick, beautiful looking app. Sign up, make a bet, send us your bet slip. We will send you a deep dive hoodie and you will be warm and fashionable and you can only get one by being a friend of the pod. You cannot get one by uh, going to some store and buying it. So this is exclusive merch just for you as a friend of the pod. And uh, we appreciate your support. Andy, with that, shall we wrap? I think so. Let's call it a day. All righty. By the way, did you see my uh, my kings came through for me? Despite going up against the the unstoppable force that is the biggest mush in the universe, my kings came through. They took care of the uh, Orlando Magic, no problem. It was a good night in the association, I think. Uh, yeah, Lakers are letting me down. The Denver Nuggets, um, by the way. Denver Nuggets did you see modeling that? Did you Miami. See that Towson uh, steam? Yes. Dumb. Somebody yeah. steamed Towson like two two points the wrong way. They lost by fifteen. <laughs> I don't know who's coming at me like that.